Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Unforgiveness affects us spiritually and physically and emotionally. I've already read to you a little bit of the physical and emotional things. You know, I worked in a hospital for over 25 years as director of pharmacy up at Wustoff. We had a psychiatric wing. It was filled with people. But not only the psychiatric wing, much of the other parts of the hospital filled with people with all kinds of diseases. Bottom line, unforgiveness. The Bible has been talking about the physical as well as the mental and emotional effects of unforgiveness for thousands of years. The modern medical and mental health communities have finally caught up in their observations to see the same damage unforgiveness does to our whole being. Pastor Mark is teaching, using the story of Joseph, of our need to take advantage of the act of forgiveness. The people Joseph interacted with, his brothers, his masters, treated him horribly. Yet God still blessed Joseph's life. The blessing was a direct result of Joseph's willingness to forgive. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapters 42 through 45 with part one of his message, Real Freedom. The book of John, chapter 8. We'll be back to Genesis in just a moment. We want to bring you up to speed. These first two minutes are just to bring you up to speed. We've been learning how to be set free from a hurtful past. All of us have hurts. We have disappointments in life. We've been rejected. We have been abandoned. We've been sexually abused. You name it. We have it in our background. We've given you three steps already. Number one, stay in relationship with God. We'll talk more about that later. The only way that you can ever really be freed from a hurt is to have a relationship with God. And of course, that has to come with Jesus Christ. Number two, then we learn the practice of real forgiveness. You see, it's a practice because we will continue to be hurt and we need to learn these principles. But just forgiveness isn't enough. Joseph said, God made me forget. Last week, in our third session, we talked about step number three, learning the practice of forgetting, to quit living in the past. Remember, the definition of to forget doesn't mean that I don't remember the circumstance or the hurt or the rejection or the disappointment. It means this, I am no longer influenced or affected negatively by my past sins or hurts. No longer do I own or have that hurt. We begin learning how to allow this practice of forgetting to really happen in our lives. We were reminded of Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man or woman thinks within himself or in his heart, so he is. 
so they become. So we were reminded also that last week, the place where the battle takes place is our mind. That's where the enemy loves to attack us. As I think, so I become. We choose how we think. And so when Satan comes with this videotape of our past hurts or our past sins, we've asked God to forgive us. We've asked God to help us forgive that person. But Satan loves to bring it up. The details. We go through it again. And we learned that we have to replace this thought with the truth of God's word. Because Satan is known as a liar. We'll talk a little more about that this morning. We have to replace those lies of Satan with the truth of God's word. Now in this series, we've been asking an individual to share. And this morning, Cheryl's going to come. And she's part of our worship band. And she's going to share with you just a little bit of her background and how God brought her through those hurts. And I'm sure it will encourage you this morning. Would you welcome Cheryl? It's good to be here this morning to be able to worship and praise the Lord. And for those of you who know me, I'm a pretty happy person. I have a lot of peace and I have a lot of contentment in my life. Life's not always been fun. There have been times in my life when I thought that I would never smile or laugh again. And it never ceases to amaze me, the testimonies that I hear from people from time to time, how the Lord has changed their lives and how he's blessed them. I'm here to share with you briefly this morning some life-changing experiences so that in hopes that it will change your life and draw you closer to the Lord. I was born and raised in a Christian home, godly parents, my father and my grandfather, both pastors. I had a lot of godly influence, godly upbringing. And my senior year of high school, 1981, I was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. And it came as a shock to me, as to, to my family. I mean, you don't expect to be told that you have cancer at the age of 18. And for the first time in my life, I faced the possibility of death, uncertainty of my future, and in an instant my life had changed. Things that I thought were so important to me just didn't matter anymore to me. And my mother was in the service last night. She shared something with me. She said, you know, I had your dress all picked out to bear you in because I had to get to the point where I had to turn you over to the Lord. But you see, 23 years later, I stand here today healed by the power of God. Amen. See, God's a healer. I only had a 1% survival chance, and I was told that I would never have children. But when I married my first husband in 1983, we had three children. My youngest child, Zachary, was six months old. I got a call from the Maryland State Police Department. And they said, um, we want to come to your home. There's been an accident. We need to speak with you. And immediately my heart fell. You see, my husband was shot and murdered on the job during a robbery. And the devastation at that time was overwhelming to me. The loss was indescribable. And again, in an instant, my life changed forever. It took a 19-year-old kid who had no regard for life to take away the life of my husband. The next several months were a blur. Things didn't make sense. I felt like I was in a bad dream, and it took me so long to just kind of wake up from it, to hit the reality of what was really going on in my life. I remember being angry, bitter, so much unforgiveness, and I had so much resentment and revenge. And a year later, when I had to attend the trial, 
I remember sitting in the courtroom and wanting desperately to just get over there and strangle the man. I wanted to hurt him the way that he had hurt me. And I blamed God at one time. I asked him, why did this have to happen to me? What had I done to deserve all this? But you see, God had a plan for my life. And you know, and Satan was so good at trying to consume me with pain. He tried so hard for me to be unforgiving. And and all I wanted was justice. And I knew what it meant to hurt so badly that you didn't even care if the sun rose the next day. But I learned that unforgiveness made me the prisoner. And I got to a point in my life where I would do anything to get freed from that sin. Free from the pain, free from the unforgiveness, and free from the bondage that I was suffering. And when I did that, I was free. And by doing that, I had to forgive the man who shot my husband. And I had to release him in the Lord's hands. And I had to lay all of my sin, all of my pain at the altar and let the Lord take it over. He had to do it. I couldn't do it. It was not of my own doing. Well, several years later, I married my second husband. We've been married for 13 years now. God truly blessed me with a wonderful man. But in that second marriage, we each brought our children with pain, baggage, hurts. And the children suffered the same losses that we suffered. So we had five children. We became the Brady Bunch of the 90s. No Alice. I could have used an Alice. But God was still good, and he was still faithful to us. You see, he had a lot of things lined up for me. He had a plan set up for my life. So you step parents out there, I know how you feel. But you have to keep trusting the Lord. You have to trust him for each one of those children. And you know, during those early years of marriage, it was very difficult because the children had hard times getting through things, and we had a lot of adjustments to make. And there were so many times that I wish I could have just bailed out and quit. But God wouldn't let me. See, he had some purpose for my life. Romans 8, 28 says, All things God work together for good are those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That verse says all things, not some things. It took many years, lots of prayer, for me to be relieved from this pain and to be released as a prisoner. Now I have freedom. I stand before you this morning with freedom. And it is a joy and it's such a peaceful feeling to know that you have freedom and you can get on with your life and do good things now. And not be hanging on to the past hurts. Sure, I still remember them. I remember a lot of things. But I don't have the devastation in my mind anymore. And I don't, I don't see them as um, crippling me anymore. I'm not crippled by the pain anymore. My grandparents were coming home from a luncheon one Sunday afternoon, Memorial Day of 1996. My grandfather crossed over the line. I don't know if he was suffering from something. And uh, he hit an 18-wheeler head on. They both died that day. And I lost both of my grandparents. And again, in an instant, my life changed. And so you have to be prepared. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not going to go through trials. Doesn't mean you're not going to have hard times. But God's going to use you for his glory if you can just trust him and lean on him for that. I had an older sister. She was 43 years old. She died last year of AIDS. She was raised in the church. She knew Godly's principles. But she chose things in her life that brought her to her death at the end, leaving two children and a husband behind. It's a very difficult thing to go through, having parents and their child die before them. But again, I tell you today that God's in control of our lives, and he knows the beginning and the end of us. He's the author of our lives. Matthew eleven twenty eight reads, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So you need to rest in him this morning. 
Trust him. Let him take your burdens away. Life's not going to be easy here, but God will give you the strength to carry on any task or anything that you have to go through in your life. I trust that you'll be encouraged this morning by the strength that God has given me, that I was able to forgive, that I no longer have that bitterness and anger, that I have happiness in my life, and that God has touched me in ways that he never could have touched me had I not released that anger. And without him, I don't know where I would be today. See, he's my rock. He's my salvation. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. It's God who will wipe away every tear. It's God who will do away with death, crying, pain, and sorrow. He's a good and faithful God. He's the all-powerful sovereign of the universe. And nothing, absolutely nothing is too hard for God. Thank you. A week ago, there was an interesting article in the USA Today. It was about unforgiveness in our health. Notice what it says. Forgiveness could be a balm for the body too. The shackles of the past can harm your health, experts warn. Here's what they said. Amazing, the Bible's only been saying this for thousands of years. But now we're experts. The ability to forgive just might improve your marriage, your health, and your outlook on life. Now, those are strong claims for forgiveness, an idea that has mostly been talked about in the realm of religion. But now the subject has become well fodder for a wide range of experts, including marriage therapists, physicians, mental health professionals, and others concerned with physical and emotional well-being. Here's what they say. Chronic unforgiveness causes stress. Every time people think of their transgressor, their body responds. Blood pressure and heart rate go up. Facial muscles, they tensen. Stress hormones kick in. Chronic stress simply affects the immune and the cardiovascular systems. Many marriage therapists believe forgiveness between couples is mandatory. This is really good stuff. Some research suggests that when partners don't forgive each other for past hurts, they are less apt to manage conflict in the present. Isn't it amazing that God has only been saying this for thousands of years, and yet this morning, I want you to understand something. This is going to be a defining morning for many of you. Hundreds of you today are going to walk out of this building changed. Many of you are Christians, but you're not really free. Free to just live life with faith that no matter what God has, whatever he calls you to, whatever it is he wants you to do, you're just going to go for it. And this morning, understand the dangers of unforgiveness, of not being free. Here they are. Unforgiveness affects us spiritually and physically and emotionally. I've already read to you a little bit of the physical and emotional things. You know, I worked in a hospital for over 25 years as director of pharmacy up at Woodstock. We had a psychiatric wing. It was filled with people. But not only the psychiatric wing, much of the other parts of the hospital filled with people with all kinds of diseases. Bottom line, unforgiveness had caused all of these things. Now, not every disease, but many. And this morning, 
We know the physical effects, but many of us don't realize the spiritual effect of being a Christian and yet not really able to trust God in this area, sometimes because of unforgiveness. So we come with our fourth step this morning. Live in real freedom by renewing our thinking with the truth. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free. What does that mean? God designed us to live free of sin, of guilt, and of unforgiveness. We're to live free of those things because they impede my everyday walk, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. Well, how do we get free? What are the steps we take? In Romans 12, 2, in the New Living Translation, you see it. Paul says this. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you, well, into a new person. By doing what? By changing the way you the way you think. You mean, Pastor Mark, the way I think has an effect on the way I live? Yes. We told you that already. And if I will let not the world tell me how to think, but if I'll let God tell me how to think, notice the rest of this. Then you will know what, well, what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. How do I live in freedom? I have to have my mind, notice the verses there, transformed, transformed. It's a process that happens inside and works itself out. It's an adjustment of my thinking process to the way God thinks. Understand, when you became a Christian, you entered into a spiritual warfare. So if you're a Christian this morning, inside you, there's this battle. God wants you to think this way. But Satan wants you to think this way. Understand this next statement. Satan wants to control our minds, but God wants to transform them. You see, most of us have been thinking the way the world thinks. It squeezed us into the mold. We don't think right. That's just what happens in our life. But God wants to transform me to think like him and live in freedom. Well, how can I renew my mind? Do I have to have a brain transplant? What do I do? Do I take ginkgo five times a day instead of three? And maybe that'll do it. No, we know how to do it. It's very simple and yet very powerful. Turning your Bibles to John. You're there. Chapter 8, verse 31. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in the New Testament. John 8, 31. Jesus speaking to some Jewish people, some who were believers, some who were not. Verse 31, to the Jews, and I'll ask you to circle a few things because we're going to talk about them in a moment. To the Jews who had, circle this, believed him. So some of the Jews that Jesus were talking to were followers of Jesus. And Jesus said, circle it, if... See, some promises of God are conditional. If you, circle it, 
hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. So spiritual transformation takes place via the renewal of our minds with biblical truth. We renew our minds by holding to God's word. So what does that mean? Does that mean I have to hold the Bible 24 hours a day when I sleep at night? Sleep with my Bible. My mind's being renewed. You students go to, go to school. You have your backpack, but you're holding your Bible. We eat lunch today, one-handed. I'm holding the Bible because you've got to be transformed. No, they'd call you really weird if you would do that. <laughs> what does the word hold mean? Well, in the original language, and I have it for you, you want to copy it down this morning. Here's what it means. Jesus said, if, if you'll read the Word of God, if you'll meditate on it, in other words, think about it, roll it over in your mind, if you'll absorb it, if, if it, as Colossians 3, it becomes part of you, part of your thinking process, if you'll stay in it and experience it, in other words, it's going to change your thinking, and as I think, I become, and I act, if you'll do that, then you'll be a true follower of Jesus Christ. You see, God designed his word that we're studying this morning to infuse strength into our life and wisdom and direction and healing and peace and deliverance into our thinking process. And this renewing, it's a lifelong process over and over and over again. And it's directly related to the word of God in my mind. Going on to verse 32. Circle. Well, don't circle. I'm going to have to put something else in. You can write in your Bibles. It's okay. God doesn't mind. (laughs) Notice verse 32. Then you, you, instead of you, put your name. Then Mark. Then Mark, just write it in there. Then Mark will know the, circle this word, truth, truth. And the truth will set, scratch Mark out and uh, you out and put your name in there. Mark will set Mark, circle this word, free. What are you talking about? Well, let me explain the three words. Notice this verse started with then. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. What does no mean? No mean, in in the original language, it's it's the word gnosko. It, It means by personal experience. Actually, many times in the Bible, it's related to a sexual intimacy. A husband knows his wife. So it doesn't mean I know about the word of God, but I understand it because the author, God, lives in me. The next word is truth. We hear a lot of things today about truth. Much of the stuff we get from Washington is not truth. Most of the stuff we read in our newspaper here on the newscast is definitely not truth. Truth, certain accurate, real. Jesus said in John 17, before he left the earth, he said to his disciples, this word is truth. In fact, the Bible says it's a hundred percent truth. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that much of forgiveness happens in the mind as well as in our emotions. We were reminded about the relationship between how we think about our lives and the actions we take in our lives. We were told how unforgiveness affects us spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And we're reminded that forgiving and forgetting will benefit us in all these areas. 
The teachings you've been hearing here on Lessons for Living Radio are part of Pastor Mark's series called Prison Break. His accompanying book of the same title is available for purchase online at LessonsForLivingRadio.com along with other books and study materials. If you have any questions about today's message or would like to share a prayer request, we invite you to give us a call at 866-779-3441. Again, that's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue the teaching, Real Freedom. We'll be reminded of the spiritual nature of forgiveness and unforgiveness and the importance of understanding the war that's going on. We will also learn the importance of strengthening our spirit so that with God's help, we can resist the pressures of the world to hold on to our hurts. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.